One of the things that we have not done yet in all of our studies of 1 Peter is to ask about the relationship between the life of the Peter the life of Peter that we learn from the gospels and the teachings of Peter that we learn here in his first letter. So that's what I want to illustrate here in this session. What can we learn from Peter's life as it's revealed in the gospels that uh, expands or deepens or clarifies what we learn in the letter. And to do that, we'll try to find a parallel that is substantial and serious and not accidental or casual. So, Father, as we, as we put together First Peter with the Peter of the Gospels, show us uh, truly, according to your intention, what we can learn about what Peter's teaching is, especially here in 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the whole world. So what I see here is a cluster of, of ideas or realities, watchfulness, uh, the, the devil, the threat of suffering, and the need for faith to resist the devil. Now, where in, in the Gospels do we find that? And the answer is at the end of, of the Gospels. We'll go with Mark because Mark names Peter here, and that's probably because Peter is the apostolic authority behind the Gospel of Mark. Here we are in the Garden of Gethsemane near the end of Jesus' hours, and he came and found them, the disciples, sleeping, and he said to Peter, the other Gospels don't say Peter. Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch? One hour, watch. In other words, I'm, I'm recollecting this word right here. Be watchful. Watch that and pray. Go to 1 Peter 4, 7 to, to see that. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. He knows temptation is coming. He's already predicted it. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then we back up and we see something utterly amazing. This is one of the most provocative texts in regard to what Peter teaches. Here we are in Luke 22, 31 to 34. Simon, Simon, this is at the, the Last Supper, happened before we, what we just saw. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan so now we've got the devil in view, demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. That's a different image than a lion biting down on you, but it's pretty serious, that he might sift you like wheat. In other words, push, push you through the sieve so that he squeezes all the faith out of you. But I have prayed for you that your faith, your faith may not fail. Hmm, did it or didn't it? 
And when you have turned again, when, when you have turned again, not if, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to both prison and to death. And Jesus said to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. Deny three times that you know me. Now, what does this add to what we learned about God's keeping in 1 Peter 1? Remember, well, if you haven't listened to the other sessions, you won't, but in 1 Peter 1, 5, he writes, we, we Christians, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In other words, God's power is guarding us so that we will experience the salvation. We will not be destroyed by the devil. We will endure, and he does it through faith. Now, what can we learn about how God's power does this guarding of us through faith by what Jesus says to Peter here? Satan has demanded to have you like the roaring lion wants to devour you, has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. So that's the first thing we learned, is that Christ is going to pray for him. And he's going to pray that his faith not fail. Well, it failed temporarily, but it did not fail utterly because Christ's prayer is so effectual. He knew he would return when you have turned again, not if, but when you have turned again, because my prayer to my father for his power in your life, according to 1 Peter 1, 5, is going to keep you. It's going to guard you for the last salvation. And Peter's a little bit too confident in himself, Lord, I am ready. He had to learn a deep lesson that he is not the decisive one who keeps himself in the love of God. And Jesus said, you're going to fall, Peter, and I'm going to teach you that you learn. I'm going to teach you that I have to pray for you. I have to intercede for you all the time, and I'm praying to God, and it is God's power that will keep you as I will teach you so that you can write it in the letter, chapter 1, verse 5. So let's summarize what we learn from looking at the gospel. One, Christ knew Peter would fail. He knew it. He predicted it. He said it was going to happen. Second, Christ also knew, he knew that he, Christ, would cause him to return. When you have turned, not if, when. So Christ was in charge. He, he knew infallibly he'd fail, and he knew infallibly that he would return because he, three, he did this, he secured this return. Has he done this for you? He's done it for me. He secured this return by prayer 
for God's power, which is why he says in one five of the letter, we are being kept by God's power. Therefore, what, sh- what can we conclude now? Therefore, one, we Christians may temporarily fail. Our faith may fail, but not utterly. Second conclusion, we are utterly, or better perhaps decisively, dependent on what? How would you put it? God's keeping power. We must believe. We must fight the fight of faith. But God's power is the one that enables us to do that. And three, therefore, let us fight the devil with confidence. It is right and it is helpful to supplement the teachings of 1 Peter by what God taught about the kinds of events that Peter walked through, which taught him what he said in his letter.